welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back this fortnight to talk about Police Story, which I prescribed to everybody last fortnight. Um, yeah. So Elliot, do you want to give us a little plot summary? Yeah, I think so. To be honest, I'm not sure I got everything <laughs> that happened in this movie. So feel free to jump. You did watch it with subtitles, right? You didn't no. just try and guess what they were saying. No, I the first copy I managed to get my hands on was the dubbed version, uh, which uh, I've never watched a dub movie before, and now I kind of get why lots of people don't like it. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not the best yeah, way to but... experience the movie. I, I, I'm gonna give if it. If you're watching a movie like this, where it's kind of like it's it's a bit ridiculous anyway, it might even add to the experience. It. Yeah, I yeah, I was I was gonna talk a bit about that. I, I don't know. Anyway, I I like I'm trying to, I'm gonna try and review it, trying not to like trying to ignore the fact that what I watched was a dub because I, okay, I, but uh, it, like so I'm trying to ignore that part because it's not. I've decided now it's not my preferred way of watching movies. Um, sure, but anyway, so. Anyway, feel free to jump in and correct me if if any of this sounds wrong because I don't think I fully understood everything that happened in this film. All right, all right, um, let's do it. So, like the the film starts and there's like a crime boss guy, and he's in some little village in the middle of nowhere for some reason, and the police are doing like a big sting operation, and uh, Jackie Chan plays Jackie Chan. Um, <laughs> who is one of the cops involved you in can't, this? You just you can't have a character name that's different <laughs> to an actor name. It just doesn't. How are the audience going to know it, Elliot? Uh, it it would have been. It would have been very confusing. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Jackie Chan is uh the the character, not the actor, is one of the cops in this sting operation. Uh it all kind of goes to shit. Um, because the cops aren't very good at being undercover. Uh, and, and so this like big sort of fight erupts in the village. Uh, and, and I knew that this was going to be like a good movie when the, the bad guys are in three cars and they can't go up or down the road alongside the town. So they just drive through the town and then Jackie <laughs> Chan hijacks a car and also drives through the, the, uh, the town and like even... Like, you know, this movie's now over 30 years old, and this was still, yeah. like, a fantastically done uh, bit of special... Well, not even special effects, practical effects. Like, mm. the the cars just tearing through this town. That must have been a super expensive scene uh, to do. Yeah. It was definitely <laughs> when they worth get it. Down, when they get down to the road at the bottom of this village on a hill, the cars are all beaten up and shit, and, like, yeah. really damaged. <laughs> like, and I think that's... Well, maybe we'll get to this a bit later, but I think that's um, kind of a, a good symbolism for what one thing I like about this movie is this movie feels kind of real as things are happening. Like, shit goes bad and things get damaged, like this car coming down this hill or, you know, Jackie Chan in a fight or whatever. It's just, a f- yeah. it's just fun watching people beat each other up and having it feel kind of <laughs> real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we'll definitely... T- I think we'll have more to say on that. Um Mm. Anyway, so so after this car thing, then there's like a bus scene, which was pretty great. Like Jackie Chan hanging off the side of the bus with the umbrella was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then he he so he captures the bad guy, and then the police decide that apparently they don't actually have enough evidence to prosecute him. Which is like I don't know why they did this whole sting operation then. Like like that was. <laughs> well, they have <laughs> they have this um this they have this like 
law room, you know, courtroom scene where the lawyer makes this very, I mean, I wouldn't agree with this argument, but it seems to get this guy off of the crime, um, which is basically like, oh, at one point the bus went was out of your field of view, and so therefore this guy might not necessarily be the crime boss, he's just an innocent businessman, basically. Yeah, and that whole thing makes no sense because, like, this sting operation was specifically targeting this guy from the start, so... (laughs) Yeah, so, but let's just pretend that they need, they needed someone to turn, you know, evidence on this, on this crime boss. Yeah, yeah, well, so what they decide, sort of, just before the court scene is that they don't have enough evidence, and so they... They do this pretty clever play where the the mob boss's like assistant secretary woman. It's never fully made clear. Uh, yeah, kind of secretary, kind of maybe lover. It, it's not quite clear where yeah. on that line she falls. Um, so what they do is they set her up and and they like they put her up as a uh, prosecution witness and basically a kind of planning on framing her or, or make it look like she's going to turn on him so that he'll try and assassinate Mm. her so that she will turn on him. Um, And so Jackie Chan is assigned to basically be her, like, bodyguard. Um, Yeah. And and then, so, as part of that, he hires one of his mates to fake assassinate her, (laughs) which was, like, a hilarious scene because this guy, this assassin comes in and, like, unless I miss something, you're you're not aware at this point that it's a fake assassin. So the you whole think time, it's real. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "This assassin is bloody terrible." Like he was clearly just sort of playing with it, and I was like, "This is terrible choreography." Like I, I was like, yeah. "This assassin is terrible." And then, of course, you find out he's meant to be a fake assassin, and I was like, "Oh, okay, they got me." Yeah, um, rewatching that scene after you know what's happening, it's so hilarious because this assassin is just kind of like yelling and stabbing the knife in random yeah. places <laughs> and just missing her completely. It's great. It's, um, it's a, yeah. It's a hilarious scene. It, it went from, as I was watching it, I was like, this scene is terrible to, like, on reflecting on it later, I was like, I guess that was pretty well done. Like, it, it, <laughs> it's because it's hiding the true nature of the scene. Yeah. Anyway, so then after the fake assassination attempt, uh, Jackie Chan manages to convince this girl to be more cooperative and what they're going to do is go to his place for her safety. And on Mm. the way there, they actually get attacked by legitimate assassins who are there to kill her. Yeah. Which is, like, weird because I don't know what, like, how they knew that they were going to be driving like that. Anyway, Mm. um, they manage to fend them off and they get to Jackie Chan's place uh, and then the biggest twist in the movie takes place, which it turns out Jackie Chan has forgot that today is his birthday. Um, <laughs> and there's a surprise party at his house, which they all think, because um, this, like, uh, assistant secretary, I, forget, I think her name was Selena or something, mm. um, she she was in, like, her lingerie when the fake assassination went down, so she still is, and... Um, mm. And so the Jackie Chan's uh, girlfriend who has organized this party thinks he was cheating on her um, yeah. and sort of storms out. And then he does, like, I don't know. Then there's, like, this weird thing where this girl tries to help convince Jackie Chan's girlfriend that they weren't a thing. And Jackie Chan just talks shit about his girlfriend. So she still gets yeah. mad and leaves. And it's kind of like... this girlfriend character is... <laughs> you just feel so bad for her. Yeah. She, I don't know why she I was mean, still around by the end of it. Yeah. Like, he just keeps treating um, her like crap. And yeah. I don't know how much of this is like, oh, it's the 80s, it's kind of fine. 
But Jackie Chan's character is such a dick to his girlfriend, like, yeah. all the time. No, yeah, he's a terrible boyfriend. I have no idea what, yeah. what she was still doing by the end of the movie. Anyway, because then, so then we have yeah. that, fa- that, that terrible trial that we already sort of talked about. The guy, uh, the big mob boss guy gets off. Then this is where it got confusing for me because the re- it's just set up. The reason he got off is because that Selena chick, she figured out the assassination attempt was fake, and so mm-hmm. she sort of d- overwrote Jackie Chan's evidence or like where she sort of admitted to the crimes and stuff. Yeah, she kind of recorded. Uh, instead of recording a confession, she kind of overwrote that confession that he had recorded with recordings that made it sound like they were sleeping together. <laughs> It's another scene where you're kind of watching her act out this thing to get this audio recording, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then watching it again later, it's another scene that puts itself back into context. Yeah, as it was going on, I was like, is this this what seduction looked like in the 80s? Because it's weird. Um, And then, yeah, again, upon reflection, it was like, oh, okay. Um, oh, so that's what was happening. Yeah. Then. Okay, I see. It makes more sense now. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I was missing context clues or something. Like Maybe that's a cultural thing or no, something I, in I, the dub. <laughs> I just think this movie is interesting in, in, it, in that it, like, maybe the dub didn't help kind of make it seem <laughs> legit. But it's this interesting thing of this movie has a couple of scenes that while you're watching it, you're like, wait, this is weird. And then you get to a bit later in the movie and it it kind of contextualizes this earlier scene for you yeah which makes it a weird experience on first watch but makes it hilarious <laughs> every yeah. other watch. <laughs> um anyway but so then so so what gets confusing for me is so selena kind of saves this guy uh the, the mob boss guy and then mm. she kind of ends up in his protective custody because she doesn't want to get like caught up by the police again but then he kind of legit captures her, and it's like, I don't know, I didn't understand when she went from being on his side to not being on his side to maybe being on his... It's very confusing. I, I didn't understand well, what was going on with yeah, her. Yeah, as as I can remember, I watched this, you know, like a few weeks ago, so yeah. I don't remember 100%, but um, it's it's because she is like the only person who can possibly be turned to to make him, you know, found guilty, and so... He trusts her, but then all this shit goes down and he's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should trust her or not. And um, so eventually he decides to betray her and and have kind of, and bait Jackie Chan, who is still desperately trying to get him convicted um, and and take out like two birds with one stone that way. Yeah. So then there's this whole thing with the character I didn't realize had been in it till now, um, being a dirty cop and then getting killed. (laughs) Um, and, And so then... Like, Jackie Chan is sort of, uh, like, wanted for killing this other cop and he, yeah. because they've framed him for it, basically. So then he takes his boss hostage to get back out of the thing and, and the boss is kind of like, yeah, I get it, um, but I'm still going to have to chase you. <laughs> yeah. So then, then there's sort of, a, I guess, a time skip type thing uh, and it turns out that this Selena woman goes into a shopping mall for some reason and downloads all of the computer data that like is all the evidence against the mob boss yeah but he's watching his computer and it's all networked uh yeah so he realizes what she's doing so he and his men go to the shopping mall jackie chan's already there so he's he he goes into the shopping mall uh and then like jackie proceeds to help the bad guys destroy everything in the mall 
Um, <laughs> like there's so much glass broken in this scene. It's it's crazy. It's like every every five seconds somebody shatters something made out of glass. Um, yeah. yeah, it, it was it fantastic. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so then, anyway, then eventually, I mean, it all just kind of ends up working out. They catch the guy. They've got the evidence. This Selena chick's like, oh, yeah, Jackie Chan was framed. And then mm. Jackie still kind of hulks out a bit and beats the shit out of the bad guys. Um, yeah, the there's this like, scene don't. where uh, they, they've kind of grabbed the, the guy and they're going to arrest him, the crime boss. And And Jackie Chan is like still very furious and kind of, battle raged at this point because he's just spent 15 minutes fighting dudes right yeah um and and so they kind of hold him back from from beating the shit out of this guy who they've now got in custody but then he i can't remember did he say something or he he does something and jackie chan just kind of flips out and punches him 30 times in the stomach the the lawyer guy shows up now because apparently he was also at the shopping mall um, yeah. Hong Kong only has one shopping mall for people who aren't familiar yeah. with, the, with the very small and city it, of Hong Kong. It's a shopping mall slash, you know, law office. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and so then, yeah, the, the lawyer kind of goes on with all of his bullcrap that was similar to what he did at the trial that worked. Oh, and, I'm going to sue you all for police, police brutality, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so Jackie yeah. just And Jackie Chan flips right. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. so that's, that's pretty so, much it. I mean, I, I think, like, oh yeah, that's just it. It's like twelve minutes of kind of insane plot, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what was what was sort of interesting is with that scene at the end where Jackie kind of goes nuts on them. There is this sort of undercurrent in the whole movie, like even right in the first scene back at the village, where it's mm. like he takes the job too far or too serious. Like that seemed mm. to be a character trait that. I guess the movie never just went into enough for it to really feel like it was actually a thing. Like, it felt like it was kind mm. of a thing, but I feel like the movie didn't do it enough justice to to make it a real thing, but put it, it in there enough that I noticed point. it. Yeah. It wasn't a plot point. It was just kind of a character trait. Yeah. Kind of like how abusing his girlfriend was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a bad boyfriend, but they kind of make up at the end. <laughs> No, they make up like four or five times throughout the thing. Like he's yeah. constantly just treating her like crap. And then, I mean, yeah. there are a few times where she sort of is is being or has unreasonable expectations of what he can or can't do. Mm. But yeah. like whatever goodwill he would get from her being slightly unreasonable in those situations, he usually quickly disintegrates by being like a hundred times worse. Yeah, um, he's, he's, <laughs> not, he's, he's a dick <laughs> a lot of the time. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, what a movie. What a uh, movie. It's got yeah. so many things to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so yeah, so one thing, one thing I sort of, uh, we've touched on this already, but yeah, so I watched this um, as the dub, and I've never watched a real movie that's a dub before. The only things I've ever watched that were dubbed were things like, I mean, it's something I plan to actually bring here maybe uh, in the future is Kung Pao, which is a, a, a mm. sort of satirical dubbed uh kung fu movie and, and stuff like that but it's all been things i've watched that like uh obviously dubbed have always been like satirical mm, so it has been part of the joke yeah exactly and and so f- yeah. this was sort of the first thing where i've ever watched that it was trying to have serious bits that were dubbed and i don't know if them not necessarily working for me was a product of the movie and its age or a product of me watching the dubbed version and thus being able to take it less seriously because of my background i don't know mm. 
but I, I struggled to take some of the bits. Like some of the bits of the movie just seemed silly and ridiculous, and I think they were meant to. And other bits, I think I was meant to take more seriously than I did. But like, like the courtroom scene just seemed ridiculous because of the dubbing. I think, like, I think it was meant to be a bit yeah. more serious than it was. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point. I don't know where on the line of like enjoying this movie seriously as a as having dramatic elements to enjoying it because of how ridiculous it is i don't know where the intention for this movie is i think it kind of is sometimes one place sometimes another place but i I definitely don't think this movie takes itself too seriously most of the time no no it's definitely like it's not like a a dc eu movie like uh it's definitely meant to be a comedy i just there were i think there were scenes that i thought were more more comedy than i was meant to and i wasn't sure if the dub was getting in the way of that um <laughs> fair enough yeah and i mean this is more of a side note um mm. but because you know like uh, last week you asked me if i'd seen any jackie chan movies and yeah. i thought about it a bit more after recording that episode and i couldn't think of any so i hit up imdb and went through jackie chan's entire imdb thing to see which ones of his movies i'd seen yeah. And the answer is Kung Fu Panda 1, 2, and 3, and that's it. <laughs> I don't know if those count as well. I, yeah, I know, right? I was like, apparently he voiced Monkey, which I didn't know before this. So mm. technically, when I thought I'd seen Zero, I was I was not fully incorrect. But anyway, so uh, and anyway, that, that just sort of sent me down on a crazy sort of spiral because like I've known who Jackie Chan was since I was a little kid. So it's so weird yeah. to me to think that I've never actually seen him in anything. Despite You've never having seen been a aware Jackie of a Chan movie, which is definitely a genre. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Uh, like mm. I, I went through the whole list, and none of them are anything I've seen. I think this movie is a is a good kind of iconic example of what a Jackie Chan movie looks like. Like all the tropes that you would associate okay. with a Jackie Chan movie, you can find in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I I, I guess I'll have to take your word for it because apparently I haven't seen any of them. The, the the only other thing that he was in that I've seen was there was a cartoon growing up like Jackie Chan Adventures, which was an oh, animated yeah. cartoon yeah. where him and his niece had to collect talismans to save the world from a dragon or something. I don't remember it very well, but apparently, yeah, who knows? Apparently, he was in the ending bits of that as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So that anyway, that was just weird to me as a follow up to the discussion we sort of had last week about Arnold Schwarzenegger. The the fact yeah. that I, it turns out I've actually never seen a Jackie Chan movie, despite feeling like i know exactly what to expect in a jackie chan film yeah did this did police story match what you were expecting from a jackie chan movie i mean yeah pretty much like like this was sort of what i was expecting it was maybe a bit more 80s than i was imagining but um it was made in the 80s so i can't really fault it for that yeah um but yeah so i think that i mean i think we sort of covered most of the sort of things i wanted to say in that in that lengthy plot summary um there's a lot of plot in this movie, and <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe that's a criticism, maybe it's not. It's hard to, I think this movie is definitely the kind of movie that, you know, the plot's there and it gets you between these action set pieces and it's kind of got enough turns to keep you engaged, but it's not, it's not a plot-driven movie. No, not really. Um, no, it's just, it. yeah, I, I guess, I th- at first I felt like there was some weird like I felt like the pacing of the movie was all over the place like I couldn't tell where in the movie I I was if if that makes sense like uh, you know there was there's no sense of rising or falling intention but I'm not sure how much Mm. that was just also again coming back to that tonal confusion because of the the weird dubbing and 
Like dubbing's weird. Like the people don't <laughs> capture the emotions or, or anything very well in dubs. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, noticeably uh, different. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird experience, isn't it? Because you know there are definitely parts where you know you're just not getting what yeah. is meant to be put on screen. Well, especially when um, all these like uh, Asian people who are clearly in Hong Kong are speaking with such strong like Californian accents. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I guess I guess I'm going to get to the point where I give it a number. All right, do it. And I'm going to give this you one. Rascal. I'm going to give this one a seven and a half out of 10 because I had a lot of fun all watching right. it, but I don't know if all that fun I had watching it was the fun I was meant to be having. <laughs> well, I would, the thing I like about this movie is it's a movie that can appeal to a lot of people. It's very like, it's very just kind of earnestly sets out to do a thing and does it pretty well. So yeah. I'd recommend, you know, showing this movie to somebody and watching it again and enjoying some of the parts even more now that you kind of know what's going on in them. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Seven and a half out of, out of ten. Pretty good. Um, yeah. So that's this fortnight. Elliot, what's happening next fortnight? Yeah, so now it's my turn to bring something for everyone. And so oh, I'm twist. bringing the TV show Rake. Uh, mm. that's spelt just like the the garden tool. A garden rake. So I was actually, so I, as an Australian, have heard of rake. <laughs> Let's yeah, start well, I, I, I was I was going to say, this is an Australian show, but I want everyone out there not to hold that against it. Because mm. as, as as far as I'm aware, this is the good Australian TV show. Like, I, like Most other Australian yeah. TV, or script, scripted Australian TV, I should say, is absolute mm. garbage. But this well, a is lot of what Australia great. is known for is, one, we've kind of become known for reality TV. Yeah. Two, uh, soap operas in, in you know, yeah. recent years. Uh, not, not necessarily recent years, but before recent years. And I was reading a thread, a Reddit thread that was like, what are actually good Australian TV shows? What? And people basically couldn't come up with any. Rake was one of the only ones that people could actually come up with. Yeah. And because this show, this is great. And I've shown this to uh, friends in America and stuff and they've loved it. And in fact, they, they mm. tried to do like an American version uh, like they yeah. do with all the British shows. Um, yeah. I think it got cancelled after a single episode. And then, of course, uh, this was back. This was back before Netflix was in Australia. Uh, mm. So they did they did one over in the states, cancelled it immediately, and then Netflix, when it was still only in the US, came to ABC Australia and got the rights to the Australian rake and put it on Netflix in the US, mm. um, because they because they basically they they heard about the whole thing and thought the ABC one was so much better. They went and specifically got it because it's made by the ABC yeah. here in Australia. Um, yeah. So that was an interesting fun fact. But yeah, so Rake... Uh, so what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, Rake is is basically... It's mostly a comedy. Uh, there's there's elements of drama and, and you know, classic... Like the characters are good and all that. But I think primarily it's it's what it's best at is comedy. Uh, and it's mm. about a, a character called Cleaver Green who's a barrister uh, in Sydney. And he basically takes on criminal defense cases that will win him infamy or fame or you know just generally something there has to be something interesting or crazy about the case uh basically mm. uh i mean the, he doesn't yeah. just do it for wait so is he a, a defender a prosecutor yeah yeah he's he's in defense so uh okay, cool. he he defends yeah i mean there's also like there's moral stuff that comes into it he has a very um 
difficult to interpret but quite strict moral code um (laughs) and and so if something falls within that like there's a few cases where he takes someone who he he knows is guilty but he thinks what they did was right um interesting and and then there's also just ones that he takes because he thinks that he'll get lots of publicity uh around it um Mm. but yeah and so that's basically that's basically the premise um and so in fact like the reason the show's called rake is because a rake is a type of person it's like a phrase for a a kind of person that was really big in like Victorian England. Mm. And I'm just going to like sort of paraphrase the Wikipedia definition of what a rake is. Um, It's basically someone who does a lot of immoral conduct, particularly womanizing. Uh, So often a rake was also like prodigal and they were wasting their gifts or fortune on gambling and drinking and womanizing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that basically summarizes Cleaver, uh, the main character to a T. You know, you can't really fault a show that's named after a character trope for having the main character be that trope. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that, so that's basically uh, the premise of the show is, is Cleaver is this gifted lawyer uh, who kind of gets in his own way because of his terrible... Like, he's he's addicted to cocaine and, and stuff. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's sort of his character for, uh, is he's a bit of a hedonist. <laughs> he's addicted to cocaine. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, and, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Like, the characters are all pretty good. Uh, what really drives it, though, is, is the comedy. And, I mean, you know, to... To, to kind of just as evidence that this show is pretty good, um, you know, obviously it sort of follows a case of the week format. Mm. Um, and so you obviously get guest stars to, to, you know, be the victim or the perpetrator or whatever. And so some of yeah. the people who show up at various points are Hugo Weaving, Sam Neill, mm. uh, Kate mm. Blanchett. Uh, a few other faces yeah, so you'll probably the, recognize. All the from... big Australian names. Yeah, basically. Um, there'll be a couple of faces you'll recognize probably – and any other Australians will recognize as um, like from Australian TV as we were growing up, mm. but like to yeah. to foreigners, uh, their their names are probably meaningless. Um, yep, sure. But yeah, so that's it. So Rake, it's a funny show and it's pretty good, and yeah. everyone it's, should watch it. It's a good. It's a or maybe not good. This might actually hinder it depending on how how Rake goes. But I've, I've just been uh, continuing watching The Good Wife. I've basically almost finished the series, which obviously is another uh case of the week you know lawyer <laughs> story but obviously american instead of australian so it's going to be interesting yeah. c- kind of contrasting these two the good wife which was i think the best uh recommendation from last year to to rake and seeing kind of yeah because I, I think what... to- tonally they're very different um <laughs> yes I, I can imagine they would be but um, <laughs> i i it, i think it'll be interesting to see what an australian take on on a kind of legal procedural looks like yeah and i mean definitely uh the the case of the week format actually starts to fall apart by about season three mm. uh it's Which really happens with good life as well i suppose yeah and so season five is currently airing on tv here which is why i thought to bring it here now uh yep and, and season five is completely ditched in fact cleaver's not even a lawyer anymore but that's that's a whole thing um <laughs> spoilers <laughs> uh but now he's yes, turned it's into very much you know it's something that they only really stick strongly to for the first season and a half and then it really kind of breaks up um which mm-hmm. i think is for the better but the the se- you know there's only eight or eight or so episodes a season so it's not that long that you sort of have to yeah, push through if you really don't like it yeah all right cool well i guess we'll leave it there and we'll go see i'll, I'll go watch it 
and uh, see what I think about it, I suppose. Yep. Um, so if you're also going to be watching Rake, you can uh, leave us your comments either by following us on Twitter and Facebook and kind of messaging us on there, or by checking out the Reddit discussion thread, which I'll link in the show notes down below. Um, leave your comments in there, and uh, we might feature them on, on next fortnight's episode when we talk about Rake. Uh, you could also leave us a review on iTunes if you want to kind of help grow the show. Our website, uh, MediaMDPodcast.com, has links to do all of those things I just mentioned, discussion threads, ways to contact us, as well as all of the previous clues for the MediaMD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his girlfriend so justifiably angry. <laughs> Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Fingerprint. Fingerprint. And we will see you next time.